0: that's UNIFYDHEALING.com/slash slash wire. No material or testimonials on the Unified Healing website are intended to be viewed as medical advice or a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified healthcare provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition or treatment and before undertaking a new healthcare regimen, including EE system.
1: This podcast episode is brought to you by Coors Light. reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. Nur Maris is a world champion boxer, Olympian, sports commentator, and most importantly, dad to two little girls. Beloved by abuelas and hardcore fans alike, Abner is a pro at entertaining the world, both in and out of the ring. On Blue Wire's new podcast, On the Hook with Abner Maris, we'll hear from Abner, his family, fellow athletes, and other people who made him the boxer and man he is. They chat about topics like state of boxing, Abner's American dream, sports music, culture, and family life. Listen to On the Hook with Abner Maris wherever you get your podcasts, episodes in English out on Tuesdays, and episodes in Spanish out on Wednesdays. Blue wire. It's exciting to win money.
0: Back out
2: to Allen. History final. Tie game with five seconds remaining. Is there anything you
1: don't gamble on?
0: Uh, Not really. Gambling
1: gods, fickle bunch. Oh, yeah. So easily offended. Oh, you.
2: Just... Gamblers, not your problem. You're just an idiot. Welcome to the Full Slate Sunday Scaries podcast brought to you by Indeed, Bet Online, and Monkey Night Fight. I'm your co-host, Cody Darwick, joined by my brother, out in Chicago, Tyler Darwick. Tyler, the Lakers got it tonight.
1: Yeah, Lakers win their 17th title tonight. feels great. Um, you know, everything going on this year with Kobe passing away, the season getting shut down. Um feels extra sweet. Obviously, it would have been ideal and better for them to win this at Staples Center. Um, but I feel like this team was on a mission all year after the way last year went. Kind of the shit show that really happened in the offseason with Magic, Polinka, everything going on there. They trade, And this team was kind of on a mission all year. They had the best record in the West. And it felt like once all the Kobe stuff happened, you know, that was kind of their mission for this year. So, it feels great that they got it done uh, for Kobe and everyone that you know passed away that day. hmm
2: Yeah, I think we've spoken about it on the podcast and in person. It's like you know, growing up, you have the Kobe Shaq Lakers, and you have the second kind of run with Kobe and Pau, and and their uh, great head-to-head versus Celtics. And then it was really dark days for a while, right? They they go through a rebuild. Uh, That you think they go all in on that Dwight Steve Nash team that blows up and then you have a mix of guys whether it's Julius Rand Randall uh, D'Angelo Russell Lonzo Kuzma um, a whole host of guys right that came in um, and and really no no substance and then LeBron comes and I was like "Mm, I don't know as as a a Lakers guy as in admittedly as a Kobe Stan like this is going to be weird Um, and then they add AD this year. And this team really was like a team of mercenaries. You look at them, it's these guys, Dwight Howard, Rajon Rondo, Danny Green, but it just worked. And these guys played hard all year. And while I admittedly, like, it, it was more exciting, I think, when they won it back in the day, this is still something that is very cool. And just the LeBron AD combination is unbelievable to watch. I think we saw it in full force. Um, in the second quarter today, the Lakers outscored the Heat 36 to 16, and it was just like ED was literally everywhere on the court, just flying around, blocking shots left and right. You guys like Tyler Hero, afraid of no one, basically pulling up in the lane, airballing floaters. You just can affect the game on so many levels. Um, his ability to shoot the ball, bring it up the court. um, I mean, this Lakers seems really set up nicely for another run, I think, going into next year. Um, But I do want to give a shout out to the Heat. After game one, when Dragic and Bam went down, I was like, this is a sweep. And Jimmy Butler really did uh, put his balls on the table in this series, especially game five. I thought for sure it was going to be the Lakers. Um, And we we were very much on them, doubling down on them live. um, And they didn't end up coming through. But shout out to the Heat for making this one. I think more of a series than we all expected it to be. Yeah,
1: game five, I was telling uh, my roommate, it felt like a game seven. Like It was so intense, and when the Lakers lost, it felt like such a big disappointment. I don't know if that was because financially, we were very incentivized for the Lakers to win that game, but it was such a grueling game like lebron played incredible that was the best game i thought he played as a laker game five he was awesome jimmy Butler was great for the he is back and forth danny green misses a shot at the end markeith morris has a turnover and the way that game felt like it felt like they just lost the series and they were saying before the game that danny green and his fiance were getting death threats which is yeah who an insane doing, any any laker fan like they're going to win this series like what are you doing just insane and it felt like such a letdown but you could just tell the way the way the Lakers came out and also the way he came out. I think the Heat and Jimmy Butler especially, they were just gassed. Like they gave everything they had in that game five and they just didn't have enough in the tank. And the Lakers, you know, what they hung their hat all year on was their defense. And they dominated in this game defensively, like you said, A D controlling the pain. The Heat had fifty eight points through three quarters. I mean, that's how the Lakers won. And we said all year, you know, Clippers you could say had more talent on their roster, but the Lakers chemistry was just there all year and you know, you look at the names and you like, you're like, like, oh, KCP, Caruso, Markeith Morris, like these guys you don't expect a lot from, but they played well all year and especially in the playoffs. They were huge. They all had big moments. KCP was great in the finals. He had 17 points and that's a guy, uh, he had 17 points a night, and it's a guy we've like made fun of the last couple of years, why they keep bringing him back and he's incredibly frustrating, but yeah, he's, he was he's a clutch,
2: he's a clutch client, but he he's worth all the money he got.
1: He was great in the in the playoffs and especially in the finals. And you mentioned kind of the dark years after they won the back-to-back titles with Kobe and Pau, and they kind of tailed off from there as Kobe got older and had some injuries. In the 2013-14 season, uh, their leading windshare guy was Jody Meeks, and mm-hmm. then the following season was Ed Davis. So that really uh, <laughs> signals the dark times. It would have been great if they were able to maybe do this with some of those younger guys uh, like Lonzo and um D'Lo josh, and, josh hart, josh hart D'Lo. guys they drafted but this Swaggy. was great this was great to see just how dominant ad and lebron were together and especially how some people said the lakers gave up too much to get ad you know all those draft picks i mean this this wipes away any of that you know who who cares draft picks when you could have two of the top i would say five or six guys in the league yeah i think People kind of forgot how good AD was a couple years ago
2: before he sat out, right? They beat the Trailblazers in that series. AD was the version of Giannis that we had coming into this year where he's like, oh, he's, the, he's probably the best player in the league. He's up-and-coming young guy. And then everything happens in New Orleans. People kind of uh, are, are questioning his his kind of... Uh, I don't know. I don't know. I don't think character is the right word, but just that he could just quit on a team like that and, and ask out. But he was absolutely dominant. I mean, his three-pointer versus the Nuggets was awesome. In this series, he brought it. He's one of the top guys in the league. And I mean, this I mean they're going to run a next year in terms of this team, so we'll be able to see them go head-to-head against the Clippers again, and I mean, after everything that happened with Kobe passing in January, I mean, that was kind of a precursor to the insanity that has been this year. Um, I, I think this team really they were all kind of a bunch of distinct pieces that were coming together to try and win a ring with LeBron the Kobe thing happened I imagine that brought all of them that much closer together and then everything that's happened since it kind of seemed like even you watch their bench and it's like these guys are like like high school hooligans like at a high school basketball game like they had to like Push them off the court, like Jr. Smith, all these guys, Javale, even Dwight Howard, um, an absolute goon squad. But fun to watch. Happy they did it. Tyler, who do you think had the best plus minus tonight for the
1: Lakers? I'm gonna say Caruso. Caruso. Um, Caruso. <laughs> and, that was, and that was and that was a great. Mo- he's amazing. And that was a great move by Frank Vogel putting him into the starting lineup. You know, injects different energy. Move eighty to the five, spreads the court more, and Frank Vogel. You know, he didn't have an easy job coming into this. You could say, oh, he had 80 in LeBron. That's a great head start. You already have one of the best teams in the league. And it's true. But on the LeBron coach team, as we've seen through his career, when they win, it's LeBron. Coach doesn't get any credit. When they lose, it's a coach's fault. And also, people won't remember because the season literally started a year ago. Um, They brought in Jason Kidd as an assistant. Yeah. It was a running joke that Jason Kidd was going to be the coach by the All Star break. And Frank Vogel did a great job uh, moving Crusoe into starting lineup. A couple other changes he made throughout the postseason. And if you look back at every series, maybe not the Nuggets, but when they played Portland, that was a trendy upset pick, and everyone thought Portland maybe not was going to upset them, but was going to give them a very hard time. The way Dame was playing when they played the Rockets, everyone's like, "Oh, that style of play is going to throw the Lakers off." Like they ran through the West and the West has always been considered the harder conference. They ran through the West, took care of the Heat in six. I mean, this was a great playoff run, and like you said, a lot of these guys are under contract to come back next year, so I think they're definitely in a prime position to repeat. Obviously, LeBron's up there in age, but nothing we saw from him in the playoffs shows that he's slowing down, and if anything, it'll just become AD's team in the regular season, and LeBron could coast a little bit. Yeah, I mean, I think the way AD plays and the way the pieces fit together between
2: the two of them, they complement each other so well. Like we saw that the assist numbers LeBron was putting up this season. I think a lot of that is to do with just how dominant AD is in this team generally where he they get open looks by the basket, whether it's AD or like even guys like JaVale or Dwight that just get. Every time they're in the game, and it really has to do with LeBron's passing ability. Can over over uh, state how important Rondo coming back was for the team as well. A guy I've I've absolutely hated throughout most of his career. He was incredible. And even tonight, he had 19 points, four assists. But just his play, his playmaking ability and his smarts on the court, like, the guy just doesn't make a bad basketball play. Say what you will about him. If he's on your team, uh, you ride with him. If he's not, you probably hate him. But the guy just knows what he's doing on the basketball court. So congrats, Lakers. Uh, always good to get one uh, for Kobe. Um, but let's talk about week five here, Tyler, in the NFL. Um... I'll start with Sunday's scariest moment. I'm not going going into this one. I was like, Sunday's scariest moment's got to be for me the fact that we went head-to-head on our picks this week. Essentially, we were on the opposite side of every single game. And you know what? I'm going to call it the elephant in the room. I'm currently staring at an 0-4 record right now. 0-5 potentially in the face here. We're recording 1042 Eastern time. The Seahawks are currently up 2, so I'm not... I don't know. I may be like staring at an Ofer in the pick'em column. So that's for sure my Sunday scariest moment. I have to hear your nonsense about your models and you diving deeper into numbers. And you know what? Hand up. You won this week. So congrats to you. I'll uh, I'll pick up my lunch pail, get back
1: to work during the week, and uh, we'll be better in week six. Yeah, you know, you, you pretty much said it perfectly there. Um, <laughs> as long as the Vikings, you know, it's been a back-and-forth game. Seattle scored 21 unanswered. As long as the Vikings don't really mess it up, which is always possible with Kirk Cousins. I'm looking at a 6-0 and o week, including my lock of the week. I don't want to brag, just facts there. Um, so, yeah, th- tough week for you. Um, I, I always, do, always I hate do, to see that. I do wish we were still in Denver so I could smack that shit eating grin off your face but here we are you know? i'm surprised i'm surprised you didn't say your sunday scares moment was uh scaling down the side of a mountain in denver <laughs> uh yeah yeah that it was i was not
2: thrilled yeah one of the one of the hiking ladies who saw like oh yeah take this trail down it's like it's kind of steep at the start but then it opens up and still un- unclear whether we uh straight off the trail or if that was what she offered, but yeah, uh, basically crab
1: walking down the side of a mountain, always fun as well. Yeah, they they said, uh, or I guess we always said growing up, why would we do crab walks in gym class? It never made sense. It was good we knew that uh, yesterday. But I'll move on to my Sunday scariest moment, a heartfelt one. Um, I said this a few weeks ago. We got to take advantage of this. Bill O'Brien got fired last week. Another all-time favorite of mine was let go uh, just a half hour ago or so. Uh, Dan Quinn, Atlanta Falcons coach, was fired. Their GM, Thomas Dimitrov, was fired also, which makes sense after an 0-5 start. Um, they lost again today to the Panthers, which. I, I bet on the Panthers. I wish I put more on it because I feel like that was just such an obvious pick. Um, so Dan Quinn's run as Falcons coach comes to an end. He was, let me find his record, since 2018. He's 14-23 and 23, straight up. They were also 14-23 and 23 against the spread since 2018, which was the second worst record in the NFL, only to the Jets. So Uh, it's it's sad to see another one go i feel like we had like bill o'brien hugh jackson dan quinn jason Gower were kind of like the staples of when we started the podcast of terrible coaches um they're all gone now as far as head coaches go so it's a sad day um dan quinn not you know over 500 record overall with the falcons but uh some some really bad losses with the super bowl and obviously what happened this year
2: Yeah, you have to do wonder what would have happened if they did hang on and win that Super Bowl. Like, does it still all kind of go to shit or do they have a better run? Um, But yeah, that one was kind of a ticking time bomb. You're gonna to have to refresh your content now. I don't know who's gonna be now. I guess Matt Patricia really comes under fire. Adam GaSe for sure. I w- actually on my flight back today, I got to the, on a uh, shout out to United for having Direct TV. It was clutch. They had CBS and Fox. So on CBS was the. Uh, the Raiders Chiefs game, which was incredible, and then on Fox was the Cardinals Jets game, which I had more wagers on. I admittedly included the Cardinals and a couple of teasers and uh, moneyline parlays, which they they pulled their way. But just Adam Gase's play calling on like third and one and fourth and one in that game was so so atrocious with like fullback dives and things like that. Um, I I just like don't. I really don't understand what the Jets are waiting for with Adam Gase. That team is so lifeless. And I know they're not working with a ton of talent on the offense side of the ball, but then in the day, like Le'Veon Bell was back. Joe Flacco threw a couple of nice passes. Guys just dropped the ball. Um, I it, I'm I'm just baffled by the fact he sells a job as a side tangent.
1: Yeah, I mean, they don't have the most talented team, but there's an aspect to it. You still play hard, and that team just doesn't really play hard. I think they all, it's pretty well known. Like, players don't like him. There's been multiple reports that, you know, the players don't think they're practicing well, and Gase has contradicted that. So, it's not the best situation. I mean, he's going to be gone soon, and Jets are just a disaster. Um, like, Le'Veon Bell, like, there's just such a disconnect there between, like, the roster, the head coach, and the GM because, they fired. I forget when they fired their GM, but he came in after they signed Le'Veon. They already had Sam Darnold. Gase came in after. You know, like there's such a disconnect there with the pieces that were brought in and whose guys they are technically. The Jets are Jets are terrible, so I'm glad I have um their under for this year. But you mentioned let's get into some of the games we previewed and some of the better games from today. Best game of the day so far I thought was the Raiders. Chiefs game. Raiders went into Kansas City and upset the Chiefs. 40 to 32, super high-scoring game. Derek Carr looked awesome. It's one of the <laughs> best games he's played in a while. And I saw uh, John Gruden make a comment, like, tell, like, pro football focus, uh, what what do they think about him throwing the ball down the field? So he finally did that. They had some huge plays today. Henry Ruggs only had two catches, but they were two huge catches for 182 yards. Hunter Renfro had a 40-yard catch on a third and 18. Aguilar, Nelson Aguilar, still in the league, had a 59-yard catch. Uh, for a touchdown, so this was a great win for the Raiders, and they're they're going to hang around that wild card spot. I think they're they're good enough to get in. The Raiders have a nice little resume so
2: far this year. You look at it, they beat Carolina week one. That was our head to head lock of the week off, um, and Carolina has obviously turned it around. They've won three in a row. They beat the Saints on Monday Night Football in their home opener. And they went into Arrowhead and beat the Chiefs. Now, granted, we know the Chiefs can kind of do this from time to time, where it feels like they almost just lay an egg, but they went toe to toe with them and outscored them and kind of beat them at their own game. Which, when we were uh, kind of profiling the game on the pick'em pod, I was like, hey, I just think the Chiefs are going to be too much in Mahomes, and and the recipe for the Raiders would have been kind of uh, ball control, uh, a heavy dosage of Josh Jacobs, and keeping Mahomes on the sideline." But they they put up like some quick scores in this game. Um, it would be a fun one to have the over in this game, but you mentioned it, it seemed like Henry Henry Ruggs is a major game changer to this offense just because he kind of can take the top off of defense. Um, so, I mean, give them credit, give Gruden credit. He gets a big win. They had a pretty tough losing streak uh, versus the chiefs ahead of this one, but they got the job done. It doesn't really change my, opinions on either of these teams to be honest like i always thought the raiders were kind of a fringe wild card team and the chiefs are still the the class of the nfl but um you got to give the raiders credit here
1: i don't know i think this changes my thought on the raiders as far as like their ceiling that Derek Carr can get into a shootout game and keep up with you know Mahomes Mahomes and a Chiefs style often so it definitely changes my thought on the raiders like you said for the chiefs you know, I don't think anyone thought they're going to go 16-0, and 0, and they're due to slip up in a game. And the Raiders' defense, you know, they get, you see the final score. They gave up 32 points, but they really did get after Mahomes. Uh, I think they had 21 pressures on him, which is very impressive to get after him like that. And the Raiders did have some quick scores in the first half, It felt like, in, in third quarter. But towards the end of the game, they just kind of pounded the ball with Jacobs, controlled clock. Time possession, they outpossessed the Chiefs 35 to 24. So that was kind of the recipe I thought they would have to do going into the game. To just that's what you have to do versus the Chiefs: keep the ball away from home. So, I think this is a great win for the Raiders and could give them some momentum, you know, moving forward. Looking at like the other wild card teams that are around them. Obviously, it's weird some teams haven't played um, all their games yet. Like the Raiders are the seven, are the six. Colts are the eight. Pats are the nine. Like I think. It's between the Raiders and the Pats. Uh, those two teams I think are very good. So we'll see we'll see what happens there. Um but speaking of the Colts, let's move on to that game. Nice transition. Thank you. Um my my Browns, I'm I'm really starting to love this team. That was my win total. I'm feeling very confident in them. Four and one, huge win today versus the Colts. Thirty two to twenty three. Their defense really showed up in this game. But before we talk about the Browns, I want to talk about the Colts. I was saying this to my roommate. Would the Colts be better off starting Jacoby Brissett than Phil Rivers? Because I think they would be. Yeah, I'm.
2: I was mad about myself and myself for taking uh, this Colts team about a couple quarters into this game because you just watch Rivers. He has such a noodle arm. It's the same thing we saw. Uh, with the chargers last season where he just doesn't have it anymore. At the end of the day, he's old. He's washed up. He's had a great run. Then fell obviously, but kind of thought the, the new offensive line would give him a jolt in the arm and some, some pretty good playmakers on the Colts. Frank Reich is a, is a big upgrade compared to Anthony Lynn, but he just doesn't have it anymore. I agree. I think if this team wants to kind of make a run for one of those wild card spots, it would be well-served to switch over to, to, to Jacoby Brissett. And the reason I say I was mad at myself because I was just watching the way the two teams were, right? I was watching the 49ers be miserable on one, and then I had red zone, and they're only a couple games, so we got a lot of this Colts-Browns one. The ability that the Browns had to move the ball against this Colts defense, it was just coming a lot easier than anything the Colts were doing against the Browns defense on the offensive side. Like, you can only do so much dink and dunk and running with Jonathan Taylor. Like there's just no deep threat at all with Phillip rivers and this offense. And you look at the Browns. I mean, Nick Chubb's out. We've, Oh, we've hit hammered this home, like running backs, the most replaceable position. And they were, I mean, Baker tried making this one interesting at the end, but it was basically out of reach at that point. So I agree. The Browns are, are the real deal here. I, I tricked myself into this Colts defense, um, I still think it's good, but maybe they were kind of taking advantage of some weak opponents. But if you're a Browns fan, you've got to be fired up right now. They've won four in a row. This is the best they've ever looked as a team in our life. Period. They had that one season with Derek Anderson, but <laughs> as as long as as long as Baker Mayfield cannot do what he did towards the end of this game, which maybe asking a lot, but they just have so much talent
1: yeah this is their first four and one start since 94 when belichick was their coach so it's been a while since they've been good and i saw miles garrett um you know make a comment we're coming together as a team and he was a rookie when they went oh and 16 and i completely forgot this i looked it up so they were oh and 16 in 27 they were or yeah uh, that was
2: hugh jackson's first year
1: no, so no, his first year is 2016 they went 1 and 15 2017 they go 0 and 16 he wasn't fired and they then he brought him fired. back he was yeah. fired into the 2018 season i forgot that happened but that's he, absolutely wild that he, he was one in 31 one in 31 and didn't lose, didn't lose his job um uh, but yeah this like you said this is a great win for the browns and especially coming off last week where they beat the cowboys in a, like a shootout type game and that was a really impressive game to come back this week and beat a really well coached colts team and very like you know fundamentally sound team beat them is super impressive the defense played well. Rivers threw two picks. They got a safety. They had the pick six. And the issue with the Colts, I think, you know, when it came to the Colts, uh, Rivers, they're like, "Oh, better offensive line." Like, is their offensive line that good? They're not running the ball well. I said it when we had Simon on that uh, they weren't running well. I think they had the worst yard per carry in the league today again, 3.8. They spent a high pick on Jonathan Taylor. He only has 12 carries. Like. Are we sure their offensive line is that good if they continue not to be able to run the ball? If they can't do that, like you said, Rivers has a noodle arm at this point, can't really throw the ball down the field. So I would definitely be worried if I'm a Colts fan about that, because if they can't run the ball, I I do not trust Rivers to win games. And like you said, Baker played great in the first half. They had almost 300 yards of offense. In the second half, he just threw two awful picks. He did get hurt, and he had a rib injury, so I don't know if that affected him, but Two really bad passes, but like you said, as long as he could limit the mistakes, it could continue to run the ball, play solid defense, and yeah, Nick Chubb is replaceable. But I think him and Hunt uh, together is you know probably the best running back duo. So they could tread water without him. I think once he comes back and this team gains more confidence, they're gonna be they're gonna be a tough out. Um, before we take a break, let's talk about the Thursday night game quickly. The Bears beat the Bucks uh, twenty to nineteen. Nick Foles beats tom brady again he's 2-0 and o against him in his career tom brady's kryptonite some would say um did you think brady knew his fourth down because he said he did but I,
2: I don't believe him yeah i don't believe him either like <laughs> he is it's pretty blatant with with the four fingers up i liked uh chase Claypool. you see what he did today his big uh four touchdown day he basically just put himself in in the brady with the four but yeah i mean nice this this yeah this like this gave me kind of deja vu back to the uh, Pats Eagles Super Bowl when I bet on the Pats um, and and they let me down in that one. Nick Foles just I think I was playing with fire betting against him two weeks in a row and expecting to win. He just pulls these plays out of his butt like on their last drive when they were uh, going for the the go ahead field goal. He just like had the pressure in his face and lofted one up to David Montgomery for a huge first down and that was kind of enough. I think we, we got to the bar. We missed. I think we missed the first half, right? When the the uh, the Bucks were off to 13 nothing start. The Bears went up 14-13. Then largely in the second half, nothing was happening. Foles wasn't looking great. Bucks were kind of stalling out. But got to give the Bears credit. They are four and one. This is a big win given uh, both these teams are probably going to be kind of gunning for one of those two uh, or one of those three wild card spots. So. I think this is, I don't know, like, do I think either of these teams is winning the Super Bowl? No, but I do want to hit on one point with the Bucks team. They continue to commit a ton of turnovers, or not turnovers, sorry, penalties, uh, and shoot themselves in the foot. They had 11 penalties for over 100 yards, 109 yards in this game. In a game versus a defensive uh, team like the Bears, where I think the over-under in this one was like 44, 45, you just can't do that. Um, and expect to win the game so this is kind of reminiscent of the Jameis Bucks, where yeah there were turnovers but that team was also undisciplined so at some point maybe it falls on Bruce Arians maybe Brady can help change some of that culture but I don't know Um, so if I'm a Bucks fan this was a tough one to kind of let slip away when you're up 13 versus Bears offense that's pretty lackluster
1: yeah, I thought this was a really bad loss for the Bucks. going up. Like you said, they went up 13-0 early, but what killed them, one, settling for a lot of field goals, they, were, they had three red zone trips, only scored a touchdown once. You can't leave points like that on the board. And like you said, the penalties killed them. Um, they're third in the NFL with yard penalty yards per game. Like Brady must feel like a fish out of water because no way uh, Bill Belichick team was ever in the bottom five of penalties in the NFL. And we saw him blowing up at Ryan Jensen in the center for getting a personal foul penalty that kind of stalled out of drive. So he's looking around, and he's like, this is not the culture I'm used to. Um, so we'll see if they get that corrected. And the Bears, they're 4-1. You have to give them credit. But it's like the weirdest 4-1 team because I think through every game, whether it's been Trubisky or Foles, Bears fans, like at some point in the game are like, this guy sucks, we have to bench him for the other guy. And then somehow at the end, he, <laughs> the guy ends up playing well is kind of what happened with Foles. You know, he struggled at the beginning, and then like you said, he made some clutch throws. So kind of a strange game. Uh, the Bears covered at home as underdogs. Um, but let's take a quick words from our sponsors, and then we'll give out our Grandpa Billy's Bum of the Week and recap our locks of the week. You could get in on their season opening bonuses today and start off wagering on wins, division, and championship futures all day, every day. Head to BetOnline today and take advantage of all the great sign-up bonuses. Don't forget to use promo code BLUEWIRE at BetOnline.ag. That's BLUEWIRE, all one word. BetOnline, your online sportsbook experts. Even though sports had a break, your business didn't. You have to keep moving, and that makes hiring more important than ever. Indeed is here to help. Indeed.com is the number one job site in the world because Indeed gets you the best people fast. Unlike other sites, Indeed gives you full control and payment flexibility over your hiring. You only pay for what you need, you can pause your account at any time, and there are no long-term contracts. Plus, Indeed provides powerful tools to make your search that much easier. Right now, Indeed is offering our listeners a free $75 credit to boost your job post, which means more quality candidates will see it fast. Try Indeed out with a free $75 credit at Indeed.com slash Blue Wire. This is their best offer available anywhere. Go right now to Indeed.com slash Blue Wire. Terms and conditions apply. Offer valid only through September 30th. All right, Cody. Now let's move on to our Lock of the Week recap. Another good week for us on the Locks Gung 2 0. Oh. So what does that make our record in total? 7, one, seven 2 and 1. Does that sound right?
2: Seven, two, and one, yeah, you're four and one, right? I'm three, one and
1: one. Yeah, so seven, two, and one. So we're doing well, um giving out our lock, so maybe we're on to something here. Um, I'll let you go first. Uh, so you had the Rams or so Washington football team. That was one of the probably the best games of the day. So why don't you recap that one for us? for, for sure.
2: Rams were seven point road favorites in this one going west to east in may make some people nervous not me but i really honestly did not watch too much of this one um because i was on the plane coming back i landed around the fourth quarter and it was kind of old school tyler like back when we were uh kids and we would be updated on the 49ers by looking at like the bottom line or following along on like game cast more or less like way back in the day ahead of sunday ticket um So I was just kind of doing that on the flight and I would, Watch CBS for two reasons. One, the Raiders Chiefs game was way more exciting. But also, their bottom line is much better than Fox. Something I learned on my flight. They just uh, more quickly give you score updates. So I got the vibe that this one was going according to plan. I'm not gonna lie though. I did get a, a little nervous when I saw in the second quarter, I believe Kyle Allen got hurt. He had an arm injury. I saw Alex Smith come in, and I was so happy for our guy. I was a little nervous for him, honestly. Like, oh boy, he's going against Aaron Donald it's not exactly the easiest uh welcome back to the NFL um especially it was pouring rain it was basically the same weather when we were in in DC for the Niners game last last week but or last year sorry um but yeah the Rams took care of business here this one I mean the Washington went up in the first quarter but after that Goff and company really just kind of controlled the ball. They won 30 to 10. It wasn't too much of a sweat. Uh, and it just kind of seemed like their defense dominated. Um, and Washington couldn't do much offensively. You look at first downs. They doubled the amount of first downs What or Washington had. Washington only had 108 total yards in this game. So it really was just kind of like uh, the Rams taking care of business against a team they need to beat if they are going to make a deep playoff run this year, even time possession. 35 24 so good win for the rams just kind of checking the box here and doing what they have to do honestly to keep pace with seattle in the nfc west at this point um but yeah i mean it's it is awesome that alex smith played in the nfl especially if anyone that like watched that e60 special like It was insane. And the footage they had, like, he was literally on a deathbed. Um, And then he came back. I mean, his numbers were not sexy at all. He was 9 of 17, 37 yards. So a little bit of an Alex Smith game. Normally, it'd be, like, nine completions for, like, 60 yards. Got sacked six times. Uh, so I mean, he got, he got some reps in, um, but yeah, a good, it was good to be in the wing column, at least on my lock of the week, because as this Sunday night football game progresses, I'm I'm staring on five
1: square in the face. Yeah. It was great to see Alex Smith get back into an NFL game. His QBR was 3.2. So no, we'll cut that. Not, not the best he was sacked six times. I was like you said, very nervous for him coming into that game. Aaron Donald is incredible. He had four sacks in this game, three tackles for losses. Like, he should be considered an MVP conversation because he he just wrecks games. And I think Washington threw people off winning that game week one versus the Eagles because we've seen the Eagles aren't very good. Um, But, like, Washington, I feel like, has been thought of as, like, this, like, team that could, like, sneak up on teams and keep it close, like... They're terrible. They're as bad as we thought they were going to be coming into the year. Um, The Rams blew them out in this game, you know, eight sacks on the quarterback. And I feel like Ron Ver just doesn't even (laughs) know where to turn at this point. Like, I'm happy that Alex Smith is playing, but like, I feel like there's just so much rust and the fact that this team is so bad. Like I don't expect him to like be where he was before the injury or even close to it. So it's like the greatest situation for him and the Rams, like you said, if they're going to be a playoff team, these are games you got to get. So they've looked great this so far this year and they're four and one. And, You know that penalty that went against them in the Bills game probably probably should have went their way, and they could easily be five and zero. So, I think they've looked super impressive and are one of the best teams in the NFC, getting back to where they were two years ago when they made the uh, Super Bowl. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I mean depth
2: isn't really there with them since they mortgaged so much of their future for kind of the team they have currently, but everyone is healthy at the moment for them and, and they're rolling on all fronts um so your your lock of the week tyler was a roller coaster of emotion um so i'll let you uh, get started there
1: yeah it was a great game giants i had the giants plus nine and a half versus the cowboys as my guy simon said that we had on the podcast that was a sharp play so i always appreciate that it was definitely up and down there's I was never like super worried about them not covering. There was like a minute there where it looked like they might not. But for the most, they were they're basically covering the entire game. So I was never that worried. Um, they went up seventeen to three pretty quickly. They had a pick six on a tip ball from Dak Prescott, pretty typical of the Cowboys we've seen this year where they get down early. Then the Cowboys went up twenty four to twenty going into the second half. Then the Giants ran a fake field goal, a fake pass on the field goal score a touchdown. got called back for it got called back for a penalty. They had two penalties in this game that called got called, two touchdowns in this game called back because of penalties. So that always hurts. And one of the th- stats I gave out that I kind of liked on the Giants uh, was they were one of the least penalized teams in the league coming into this week. Um, so it was pretty typical that, you know, if one of those penalties doesn't happen, they probably win this game. But obviously the big story of this game is Dak Prescott gets hurt. He, I forget the exact diagnosis, but he broke compound his Compound fracture in his ankle. Right ankle, so really bad loss. Um, and you know, Dak isn't perfect as like quarterback, but I've always enjoyed watching him. I think he's super competitive and just always kind of like puts it out there. So that sucked to see him get hurt, and especially everything going on with his contracts coming into this year. He took. He declines a long-term deal from the Cowboys, took the franchise tag, bet on himself, and he's putting up good numbers. I mean, some of it was garbage time and just how bad the Cowboys' defense was, but he's putting up great numbers, and he was lined up to get a big deal. What will happen will happen. But I, I think that it's, I mean, there's a gruesome injury, and the pitchers are discussing, but, but it wasn't like a torn ACL, maybe easier to recover from an ankle injury. Oh, no, but I think this, this sucks for him, and... You know, the Cowboys, they're, they're in first place in the NFC East, so they ended up winning the game at the end with a field goal with Andy Dalton. So I don't think all is lost given how bad that division is. And Andy Dalton, we've seen him go to the playoffs before. Um, but it, it's a terrible injury for Dak. Yeah, yeah, it sucks for Dak and
2: us just generally as football fans too, right? Like the Cowboys, their defense was terrible. They were underachieving, but they still were kind of must-watch every weekend in the sense that they were putting up so much points on the offensive side of the ball. they He had incredible weapons with Cooper. Uh, C.D. Lamb's been a beast out of the gate here. Michael Gallup, obviously, we know Zeke is there as well. Um, and it seemed like it, sometimes Dak wouldn't always, I don't know, make the best plays, but he did seem like he was kind of dragging them along. And if anyone was going to try and kind of change the culture there, he's a the guy. So hopefully he does uh, I know he's. I think tonight he's already getting surgery on the ankle. So hopefully he has a quick recovery. He's one of the fun guys to watch in the NFL. Um, but yeah, I mean, a good good week for us in terms of locks of the week. Tyler, let's wrap it up. Grandpa Billy's bum of the week. I'll let you get us started here.
1: So my Grandpa Billy's bum of the week. I'm just gonna say the MLB. You tweeted out before and I laughed. So good, yeah, they good, had a game tonight. Good tweet by you. Thanks. You said, you said, do you think over 100 people are watching uh, this Rays-Astros game? I didn't see anything on Twitter about it. Um, I completely, completely... I didn't know it was happening with NFL going on, NBA... Who um, won? Uh, they, I see the Rays are up 2-1 in the bottom the eighth. They're playing third fiddle, and I mean, the MLB has to be very upset that the Yankees didn't win. The these astros ALCS would be super intense, and a lot of people would watch... Raise Astros. I mean, credit to the Rays. They've had a always great. Seeing the Yankees losing the playoff, but and I don't think a lot of people care about this series. So MLB, my grandpa Billy's been on the week, just because no one's talking about it. Manfred had the chance. Uh, the league had the chance to start the season earlier when everything was going on. They decided to fight over. Uh, it seemed like nothing because they ended up agreeing on the same deal they had at the beginning. So they missed that chance. And the NBA, NBA no one cares again about baseball. So it's a bad look for the league that you have the ALCS going on and just kind of no one cares.
2: Yeah, no, no one is going to watch that series. Uh, I think if if you get Astros Dodgers, that's a a ratings hit. But besides that, any other combination is they are not going to be thrilled with, uh, with the interest in that. Um, We've somehow gone 43 minutes here without talking about the 49ers. So they're going to be my grandpa, Billy's bum of the week. Um going into this game they're about like eight and a half, I think, point dogs. The line kind of moved around a bit. Favorite. Right? favorite. In, sorry, eight and a half point favorites. Uh they laid an absolute egg today, uh, versus the Dolphins, which give Brian Flores credit and Fitzpatrick. They are a feisty bunch. Um, we've seen what they've done um in Last year, and even this year, they just constantly overachieve. So if you're a Dolphins fan, you got to be happy about having him in charge. But I think we were all excited. Jimmy G was coming back. Mostert was back. We're finally going to see this. Uh, essentially, the offense is in the Super Bowl together for the first time since. Jimmy G was rusty, 7-17, 77 yards, two interceptions, got benched um, going into the second half. Shanahan said it's due. I was trying to protect him, and he was getting roughed up quite a bit. This 49ers offensive line has been miserable. But, Tyler, it did feel like, I mean, you kind of look at our our lifetime of being a 49er fan when we were, like, super young. There's Jeff Garcia and T.O., they had like the one big win over the Giants, which was fun. And then like a lot of years of miserable football. So Tim Rattay, Cody Pickett, um, I, Sean Hill, not not a uh, a real who's who's of quarterback. Then we had the the few year stretch with Harbaugh where we got so close only to be uh, stabbed in the heart every time. And then last year, which was incredible. And we know how that one ended. Um, But I was just sitting on my couch so demoralized because I was like, this is watching a, a second string quarterback getting the doors blown off against a team that's not good. And then I was thinking about it. I was like, this is what most of my time of being a 49ers fan has been. Um, So it, it was it was quite demoralizing and especially you look at their upcoming schedule Tyler this loss hurts even more because they play the Rams next week on Sunday Night Football then they go at New England at Seattle home versus Green Bay on a short week on Thursday Night Football then they go at New Orleans have a bye and then they come back and they play at the Rams and then they play the Bills at home so. It's it's now or never for this 49ers team. I'm hopeful that uh, Jimmy G was just, like, really rusty and, like, they truly are just protecting him and he hasn't totally lost it. But, um, yeah, not not feeling great about it
1: right now. It's definitely gut-check time for this team, you know. I think next week is a must-win game versus the Rams. If you lose that, you go 2-4, 0-2 in the division. I think they're done. So next week's a must-win game. And this is what I think happened with Garoppolo was he got hurt. The injury was worse than than was let on. They thought they could beat the Eagles and win this week with Mullins as the quarterback. Mullins was so bad last week, and they had to bench him versus Eagles, that they felt the pressure a little bit, that they probably couldn't go with Beathard, that they're going to rush Garoppolo back. I think that's what happened. And he wasn't 100%. He's also terrible. I mean, the two interceptions he threw, I don't know what he was doing on that. Um, but, I mean, I've, and the offensive line has been terrible, too, all, all year, really, so it's demoralizing, obviously not what we wanted. Um, but like you said, I was just sitting on my couch just like, all right, we're back to the old 49ers who just suck every Sunday. But I, mean, <laughs> I, I think, I think it falls on Shanahan. How do you, how do you come into a game versus the dolphins, a game, you, you know, you need to have early in the year, um, get some momentum going after last week's game, you have your guys back and you drop an egg like that. I think it it starts with the coaches and I, I really do think they brought Garoppolo back too early. Um, but yeah, it's, it's not looking good. And I mean, the, the Twitter trolls the, love, love, uh, love seeing this. I, well, it's, it's one thing Garoppolo in the offense, but the
2: defense was terrible. They gave 43 points to Ryan Fitzpatrick and the Miami dolphins.
1: Um, yeah, at I mean ho- the one at, it, at home, I mean, at home doesn't mean anything, but, yeah, the, but the, the, ca- means- the caveat is, you know, oh, they have all these guys hurt, which they do, but like this guy, Brian Allen. The defense Man,
2: has been pretty good this year.
1: Yeah, this guy, Brian Allen, cornerback, I've never heard of. He was playing, gave up three touchdowns. He was terrible. So, yeah, there's just no energy, and obviously there's no crowd, but every team is playing with the same deck, so can't blame that. I don't know. I mean, I've, I I didn't feel great about them coming into the year, I'll be honest. Um, I, I felt like last year was their shot, and teams that are built off defenses like that don't have a long window usually. So, but I don't know. I, I don't feel great about it. I feel like they're not back at square one, but they're back at a square where, like, you don't really know where they're going. And, I like, at this rate, I don't think Garoppolo is going to be on the team next year.
2: You're really dropping that on me at 11.18 Eastern time? I, I mean, I, I don't think that's a hot take. You have another hour. Um, I... I disagree with that. I still do have faith in Jimmy G. I think he was rusty today. I'm holding out hope for my guy. I think, I don't know. We don't have to get into a whole fucking Super Bowl soliloquy here, but like it was, it was right there. I, I do think that at times he doesn't look great, but at the end of the day, like how many career starts does this guy have? So I still do have faith in Jimmy G. I think next week versus Rams Sunday night football, I think they're going to win. You know, I think I think this is uh, this is the basement and Shanahan McVeigh. They've got their little rivalry going back to their days in Washington together. I would love nothing more to beat uh, Jared Goff and Jalen Ramsey on Sunday Night Football um, and feel alive again as an NFL fan, because right now I'm dead inside.
1: Yeah, we'll see. I feel like like you said, this is this is the bottom. So they could only go up from here. Russell Wilson's driving too.
2: By the way, he's probably about to pull one out of his butt.
1: Great. Um, we'll we'll see what this team is made of. Um, so I don't know. I don't I don't feel great about it. Um, so now we're ending this on a sad note when I should be happy because I'm going to be six and zero this week with our picks against the spread. Um, and you you had a rough week, so I should be happy. But now I'm down about the 49ers. <laughs> but I think that's all we got um, for this week of the Sunday Scaries podcast. So we'll be back later this week with the week six Pick'em Pod. Sugar Ray Leonard, Roberto Duran, Marvelous Marvin Hagler, and Thomas Hearns.